Here we are again, as if you thought you had heard enough from us already. Hey, Dave. Never. (laughs) Uh, This week's episode, Rippling Relationships. It would have been cool to have a third and a fourth R word in there as well. We could have done a little alliteration. Um, So thanks for joining us. Before we jump into this interesting topic which I think is very pertinent to people who not necessarily have left yet, but are even just questioning the church and its doctrines and its leaders. You know how it goes, Dave. You want to give us the intro this time? The LDS Church in the News. Nice. That's newscaster worthy. (laughs) Guys, this one blows my mind, and it kind of blows my top a little bit as well. Um, I'm looking at the Tribune again, Salt Lake Tribune. The title, the LDS Church is considering lowering the age of controversial worthiness interviews. Yeah, you heard it right. Which my first reaction was, what the fuck? Uh, then are you kidding me? Then a mixture of expletives and <laughs> questions. Uh, so, uh, you know, summary here is um, that the church generally, so leaders will talk to kids off and on. That That's never changed, really, uh, as far as the fact that that happens. Um, what's changing or, or proposed to, to be changed is really in the church, if you're, if you're raised in the church as a kid, you don't really have a quote-unquote worthiness interview by that title until shortly before you turn 12, because that's when women and, or girls enter the young women's program, boys uh, are being interviewed as part of their worthiness assessment to receive the priesthood, etc., and so this whole concept of worthiness interviews doesn't start usually until around you know eleven years old or so. Well, they're thinking of lowering it to eight, <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna ask little Johnny and little Susie at newly baptized at eight years old about their masturbation habits. Is that where this is going? Or what? I, I, I guess so. Or, or maybe introduce them to the idea. Cause that's a good time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. uh, so why would the Utah faith consider expanding these interviews to children as young as eight years old? The article asks the purpose of Bishop interviews is to quote, help youth establish a trusting relationship with a priesthood holder, unquote, according to a survey sent to an undisclosed undisclosed number of members. Quote, how important would that be to your child, unquote? Well, first of the first thing I thought of when I read the part about helping youth establish a trusting relationship with a priesthood holder, think about that differently for a moment outside of the Mormonism language. Helping young kids trust an adult man, because uh, that's a really smart idea to teach a child, right? 
<laughs> and where where's mommy and daddy, by the way, in all of this? Uh, where and why can't mom and dad um, handle these issues at home a whole with their their own children? Why is this relegated to some priesthood? fucking entity that well it's 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 related to the beliefs in the church right that this man somehow has this this uh calling and and he has the spirit of discernment which has been proven over and over and over again to be a giant steaming can of bullshit um jody england hansen a latter-day saint suicide prevention trainer in utah called the idea quote disturbing (laughs) And said, okay. the, <laughs> and said the idea of one-on-one meetings contradicts recent changes requiring to adults in primary classes. Yeah, it kind of does. On top of that, she said, quote, it horrifies me that children would be subject to this type of questioning and grooming to idolize leaders at a younger age rather than lessening the damage of this practice, unquote. She's active, by yeah. the way, or at least I think she is. Uh, for now, <laughs> she may. <laughs> wow. Hansen said many members have been hoping to see less pressure for all members and leaders around the harmful mm-hmm. worthiness rhetoric. So again, she's a, a suicide prevention counselor and this concept of worthiness in general, am I worthy or not, is very damaging. And, and that's a whole episode by itself. Uh, that we could talk about the the concept of worthiness in the church, which is actually impossible if you look at teachings around it. Um, this survey is simply designed to gain information. It's not an announcement of any change in practice, said Daniel Woodruff, church spokesman. It's simply part of the faith's ongoing effort to, quote, seek members' mm-hmm. opinion and experience regarding activities, perceptions, and participation in church programs, he said. Because, why? Well, because so many are leaving. Well, <laughs> this is all because of that, right? In, the, in this case, the church is looking, quote, for ways to assist parents in the spiritual growth and development of their children, unquote, or <laughs> grooming of their children. <laughs> Periodic interviews with a parent or trusted adult present is one of many considerations to help children remember the baptismal covenants they've made and follow Jesus Christ. What a bunch of bullshit. But they are talking about the whole trusted adult present or parent. And again, if it's like the existing policy change, that means it's the child's choice. And if I'm meeting to talk about sensitive issues with my leader, am I going to purposely invite an adult that I trust and know? Probably not, because it's embarrassing. So leaving that choice up to the kid is also bullshit. Ah, god damn, man. Um, They've they've got it so wrong. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, last thing here. So the survey has four questions. Who should conduct these interviews? Uh, Who should be present? What topics should be addressed? Overall, are you in favor? I'm shortening the questions here for time's sake. But um, the thought, David and I talked about this a little bit before the recording. Um, (laughs) This is a church led by God, as they teach, and they're sending surveys to the members. (laughs) Chew on that one for a second. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds like politics. You know, yeah, you know, uh, we thought about this topic and we didn't bring it to God because he wouldn't have an opinion on this, whether we should interview kids at this. We're going to ask what the members think. Well, since when do you give a fuck what the members think? Oh, but the church is changing. <laughs> right. Changing because people are running. Good God. Yeah, oh, my God, man. Oh, man. Uh, who, uh, Julie Diazavedo Hanks, Salt Lake City therapist, poses all of these meetings with young Latter-day Saints, whether younger than 11 or older. Quote, interviewing children by adults other than parents is not a good idea because it puts children in a vulnerable situation, Hanks said. Mm. All one-on-one interviews with minors should be discontinued. Another adult should be present, just like the new policy of too deep with primary teachers. You go, girl. Wow. Yes. It's so obvious. Do I need to be a therapist to understand that? No, I I would think not. Um, Yeah. She says uh, worthiness interviews should be eliminated. Qualifying interview is a better term. She said worthiness implies self-worth is in question. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Oh man. Anyway, man. I yeah. The dark I ages, went a little longer than usual. Dark ages were over when? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this time the smoke coming from the building, the church office building, doesn't necessarily mean they're uh, deciding who should be prophet next. Uh, this is a fire, folks. Okay, Dave. So. Rippling relationships. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, you want to kick us off with the concept of just the church's teachings on relationships in general, the family, all that stuff? What I've got in front of me is uh, a copy of Arza Evans' book, Keystone of Mormonism. Uh, it's got some great stuff in here. I'm going to jump past a couple of things and go right to this section families are forever an illusion that is somewhat unique to mormonism is the notion that families are forever and that certain church ordinances can help save and exalt one's ancestors however the bible does not teach eternal marriage nor that a person can do anything to help save his dead relatives and yet genealogy baptisms ordinations endowments and sealings for the dead in an LDS temple are considered some of the most sacred obligations of church members only. Uh, the doctrine that religion is a family matter rather than one of individual preference and private conscience is an important aspect of Mormonism. So relationships uh, with our families. And just throw something in there. Uh, not only does the Bible not teach anything about that, the Book of Mormon, which is taught as containing, quote, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That means the completeness, the fullness, everything of the gospel says how much about temples or ceilings or eternal families? Zip. Zippo. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway. Back to you, Dave. Well, Arza, Arza continues while I'm on, the, on this thought. One reason the LDS church places so much importance upon the family is church power. 
A brave man who is willing to face an enemy's guns may be overwhelmed by his mother's tears when she pleads, son, stay close to the church, attend your meetings, pay your tithing, go to the temple. I want our whole family to be together in the next world. Mm. It would break my heart if you were not there in the celestial kingdom with the rest of us. Mm -hmm. This awesome power, a mother's love and tears is at the disposal of the church. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One one last example. He says, when a close friend of mine who no longer believes in Mormonism asked his wife if she believed in the freedom of religion, she said, not for you. I don't. You owe it to me and to our children to go along with things and at least pretend to believe in the church. You have no right to cause trouble and embarrassment for our family. This man is faced with a divorce and serious financial trouble if he insists upon his constitutional right to freedom of religion. It appears that his wife is free to practice her religious ideas, but he is not free to practice his. So he's kind of talking more about freedom there, but we're also dealing with fallout. That's right. In our relationships. That's right. yeah. So, and we'll talk about that in a moment because that's part of this whole agenda. Uh, the the first part, though, being what what we were just what Dave was just sharing the church's teachings on yeah. the family, which is a huge, huge part, a huge focus around a lot of things the church does and other doctrines. And uh, I'll go on to add to that, that it's not just family relationships that are part of this teaching, all relationships, right? Not only are you encouraged, again, I'm going to use the event of, you know, being raised in the church, whether you were born in it or not, but being raised through your life in the church. One of the things that I constantly was aware of was the teaching of relationships in general. Don't hang around with kids that are not Mormon. If you can help it, Mm. you know, only hang around people who have your, your same belief system, people who don't have that same belief system will drag you down, et cetera. What, what they're really saying there is they may actually create some doubt or some questions in your mind and you never want questions. (laughs) Uh, You never want to think for yourself. You you just want to think what the church teaches you. Um, So, you know, anyway, that's part of it, but even your relationship with people. I re- recall a, a doctrine, a gospel doctrine class that my wife and I were in some years back and the stake president was visiting. And I think his executive, no, it was the stake, the stake young men's president was there in the room visiting. And we were talking in, in the lesson about relationships and he rose his hand and said, you know, another neat thing about relationships in the gospel is you have deeper, more meaningful relationships with your friends uh, in the church than you ever have outside the church. And uh, my wife raised her hand, being bold as she is, and said, "Uh, that's not true. My closest, deepest, truest friends have never been members of this church. Uh, And he had to shake his head and say, no, 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 you don't... you, but th- but that's not the same. You don't have the uh, concept of a real friendship. He really believed wow. true friendship is only found in the gospel of of the more of Mormonism, 
um, which just baffled her because that's never been the case for her. And for me either, actually, my best friends no. have never been LDS, not by choice, just the people I hit it off with and, and you know, became really true friends as opposed to good weather friends, if you will, were not members. So, uh, yeah, that teaching is widespread. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so let's, yep. let me, uh, let me go back to the kids on that thought mm-hmm. and, and your previous one as well. Uh, again, from Arza, if we really believe in freedom, does it make sense to lock our children behind walls of ideology and ethnocentrism, which cannot help but bring them into conflict, conflict with other children who have been taught opposing values and illusions. Perhaps the hope of the world is for parents in every nation and culture to teach their children how to think, but not what to think. And then he says, but what are the chances of this ever happening? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. To use a religious term, amen, Arza. So-called friendships in the church are some kind of assumed superficial bullshit where you walk down the hallway and, and it's, it's a um, compulsory, I guess would be the word mm. to shake everyone's hand, smile. Yeah. You know what happened to me as I began to, to check out of the church <laughs> mentally and spiritually and every other way. Uh, I didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, literally physically, didn't want to be there. Mm. And I found myself shaking less and less people's hands. So had I become unfriendly Mm. or was I beginning to realize that that forced the relationship was complete, complete bullshit. And that I, I had no, no, uh, uh, what's, what's the word, uh, motivation to shake any of their hands. No. So I'm just an, I'm an unfriendly person. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can buy it. Yeah. Oh, that's probably yeah. True. The veneer of the church relationships. Oh, Hey brother. So-and-so, Hey sister. So-and-so smile, smile. Um, this veneer that if you're really living the gospel, everyone would be, everyone's happy. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> no, that's actually not true. Uh, and so yeah, happy people commit suicide at record rates. Oh yeah. And happy, happy people take antidepressants at record rates as well. Uh, that's, that's the definition of true happiness. Get with it, bro. Got it. Yeah. Thanks man. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll call you in line every now and then. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. So this doctrine taught at a very young age of not questioning, this is what you should think. Boom. Instead of to ours's point, hey, let me teach you how to think, meaning uh, how should I be asking questions? How should I be discovering answers in life? How should I be experiencing these things? No, 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 no. And and I liked his his point uh, about being in conflict with your uh, classmates. And so then what do you do? Do you you just start to gravitate Mm. toward only members of the church? And well, depending on where you live in Utah, that's easy. Shit. That's 80% of the, you know, high school population or whatever, as a, as a youth, wherever you're at in your age. Uh, and that, that's a no brainer. Hey, I've been all week with you at school and now let's, let's go do something Saturday and I'll see you at church tomorrow. And it's like, you know, and they're, 
is the occasional uh, deep friendship that can develop mm-hmm. uh, between uh, two people. It's based on shared shared uh, what shared values that are personal, not something that they're told to believe they'll you'll sit and you'll talk and then you'll spend time together and you're on the same page so to speak and you it's not that you agree about everything that that would be boring wrong yeah Yeah, exactly but you stimulate each other Mm -hmm. mentally no i don't want to go anywhere else with that uh uh, (laughs) what the and and so it's it's something that's blossoming. It grows, and it's natural. It's a real it's, friendship, it, as opposed to yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, right. Um, yes, this whole this, and I want to talk about that as part of how we deal with all of this, because I think that's one of the positive things, and we'll talk about that at the end um, of the of the topic. Um, yeah, this whole concept of groupthink is prevalent in the church and the true that that term that it's psychological term or or social uh social psychological manipulation whatever you want to call it was actually started uh by a doctor i think in the late 60s early 70s you can look up the term groupthink it's not what most people define it as today so it's it's been changed a lot but the general concept of groupthink being exactly what David just described. So you're a kid in Sunday school, you could be an adult, whatever. The lessons being taught, everyone around you is nodding their head. You have a different thought and you self-censor and you, and you, and you quiet yourself because you are, you would be better off in your mind just following the group. And there's an excellent study that was done actually on the Challenger space shuttle incident when that exploded. Uh, I remember that on TV. That was pretty crazy. Anyway, um, and how the uh, engineer, one of the engineers who had designed the O-ring or was part of the O-ring design team had some concerns about the operation of that O-ring under certain temperatures. And he brought that up with some of his coworkers and they were pressed to, Hey, we got a launch by X date. This is in the media. You know, we've told the public and, and we promised the government, you know, we're going to whatever, right. All these different promises and dates, except we got a, we got a launch by this date. Well, I have a question on this. This concerns me a little bit. We should hold back. Uh, uh, what are you, are you telling me what I think you're telling me? And so long story short, they get to this review meeting where it's kind of the quality, the final you know, quality assessment, right? And, and the checkoff meeting, um, the go, no go meeting. And leadership is just squashing any, hey, you, are we ready to go with a little understanding that's unspoken of, by the way, don't tell me we're not ready to go. Right. <laughs> and this guy holds his tongue and he submits to groupthink and he self censors. And next thing you know, they launch and the space shuttle blows up and kills all the astronauts. You know, so um, why am I even mentioning that's the same kind of concept here? You should not question, uh, certainly not in front of the group. That's never allowed. That's never a good thing. Uh, wow. Who are you to, to doubt? you know, this doctrine that was just taught or whatever. 
And so when you start questioning, when you start thinking for yourself and or employing critical thinking, the ripples begin. And that's the next point of the topic, the ripples that start to happen. So, so what are some of those, Dave? And, and I mean, As all you, relationships are impacted. Well, I, I've listened to several interviews uh, recently of people, uh, a lot of couples who, uh, fortunately for them, uh, both left the church together, not at the same time necessarily. Uh, it can't, it, that's impossible. It doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their own. Again, personal path, which is the way it should be. Yeah. And so uh, as you begin to consider the fact that the church might not be true, just when that first inkling of, oh my God, what what does that mean? And I'm, I'm going to bring up Arza again. Um, perhaps the strongest external pressure comes from a person's own family. It's not easy to resist the pressure from a husband, wife, parent, grandparent, or child to remain active, at least pretend to believe. For example, when a man's daughter wants to get married in the temple, how does he explain to her he cannot be there to see her get married because he no longer believes in Joseph Smith? Mm. And it seems that almost everyone blames the man for this situation and not the cruel church policy that will not allow him to see his own daughter get married unless he pays his tithing, convinces his bishop, and the rest of it. What does a man say to his wife when she cries at night because he will not take her to the temple for an eternal marriage and she is afraid that she will be left single and separate for all, uh, all eternity? What does a person <laughs> say? Um, God, you know. What does a person say when a son or daughter comes home from church asking why their parents don't love them enough to be married in the temple and create eternal family? Mm. How does how embarrassing is it to a man who is not allowed to bless or baptize his own children when the entire family is gathered around for such an important occasion? Oh, huge. He says, he says yeah. I have experienced this humiliation. One more paragraph. When a person has been taught all his life to honor his father and mother, what does he say when with tears in their eyes his parents plead with him to become active in the church, pay his tithing, go to the temple, put his garments back on in order to stay a part of their eternal family. This kind of pressure is almost more than a person who dearly loves his parents can take. And here's the kicker. This gets to the point here. Mm. The church is very much aware of this external control and the great power it has over those who no longer believe in Mormonism. But the abuse of this power can be caused, has caused many tears and a great deal of pain for so many, many people. What other church does not allow loving family members to witness a wedding? He, he, he keeps harping. Mm-hmm. He must have had a daughter that got married. The LDS church claims to be kind, loving, and family-oriented organization. In spite of of that it hurts many people and tears hello ripples many families apart in order to maintain its powers mm, interesting Power, powers interesting i i thought of scientology so, when he asks what other churches but you know let's let's be honest yeah, rhetorical it's rhetorical, let's be honest yeah. it's not really a church <laughs> it's not really a religion <laughs> 
dumb fuckers just so, wanted to not pay taxes and and so forth but, you start to yeah. question things and and uh you, you have to if it's as specific as people are different from each other in other words you could be married not married you could be married with one child married with five children you could have been married for 20 years you could have been married for 20 minutes mm-hmm. It, it's so, so many different circumstances. And I, I want to take a minute just to recognize you listeners, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's more than that. The courage, you know, I just want to personally recognize regardless of where you're at, the courage and, and, uh, strength yeah. that it takes to be true to yourself when you know hearts will break, possibly relationships will not only ripple, they'll be just torn apart. There are people that may never speak to you again, even family members, and you're willing to allow the truth to be more important than that. Uh, let, let me just say again, as we've said many times before, the price you pay ultimately is well, well worth it. Yeah. That's, that's, I think our next kind of topic we're going to segue into. I want to pause a moment and thank you for doing that, bro. Um, I, I think, I feel like we should be doing that more talking to the audience directly and telling you guys, um, yeah, you know, it, it brings tears to my eyes. Um, the pain and the impact that we're talking about is real. And uh, these, these negative ripples that, that spread out potentially to all facets of your life. I mean, if you live in a heavily LDS populated area, we've talked to numerous people who have had job impacts because they've dared to question or, or let alone leave the church uh, because their boss was LDS or what have you. Um, definitely the family impacts that we've talked about. Uh, we've talked to people who have uh, f- friends that they thought were good friends. As David was describing earlier, hey, I really thought we hit it off, you know, and this guy was my friend or this girl was my friend. And and now that I'm having questions, she's treating me or he's treating me like uh, like I'm a foreigner, you know, or or they don't want to spend as much time anymore. It's just, it's so sad. Um, this is part of the serious damage that this organization does to people's lives. And, you know, not to mention the obvious stuff, like we were talking about earlier with the news excerpt of the grooming of children and, and the abuse that goes on is rampant in the church. And, all this other kind of stuff, which is obviously very, very impactful. Even if you're lucky enough, as I was, to go to, to be raised in the church from when you were a wee tot um, and not have the grooming behavior, not be abused by a leader, something like that. Luckily, I didn't have that. Even then, uh, as I questioned there were ripples that hit my wife initially and you never Mm. know how a spouse is going to react, right? Uh, You never know how your kids are going to react 
I had three kids. Uh, I have four. One is special needs. The three that that were thinking about it. You know, I didn't know how they'd react. Um, luckily, to Dave's point earlier, sometimes both spouses leave uh, at different times. Mm-hmm. My wife left a little later because she started asking. I guess you know her first question is why was I questioning, right? And she actually yeah. was willing to ask that to herself and start looking at some of the issues. Um, I was lucky. Look, I've been lucky in a lot of these things. My parents and the rest of my siblings, other than David, are still active in the church. And there's a kind of a rift there. There's this unspoken rift uh, with the siblings. There's um, a very outspoken rift with the parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I feel I feel uh, accepted uh, by my siblings. Yeah, I I don't think they they may assume. Yeah, well, you know, you've been deceived. You always were thinking too much. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> God damn it. I knew that would go south for you. And, uh, but yeah, with the parents, it, it's really unfortunate and it, it's part of they, what we all are, uh, you know, a, a result, a, an accumulation of our experiences and our upbringing and in our entire lives. Uh, we are the end sum of, of all of that. And it's, it's made, you know, our parents decided to go Nazi Mormon on us, essentially, yeah. you know, and give us the, oh, you're, you're going to end up burning in hell. Now, you know, to their credit, I'll just bring this up quickly. When I first left, I thought it was going to be okay because they would still talk to me. They wanted the, the updates, mm-hmm. you know, that how's the weather, how's the job, the kids doing okay just the usual stuff and we could still get together for dinner. And I don't know what switched. I guess I'm going to assume that they finally realized this wasn't a fluke. Mm. He's not coming back. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's our duty as parents to save him. Uh, And so Mm. here comes some really nasty letters and, and, uh, you know, to have an opinion and a belief and to want others to share in that with you is one thing, but because you differ in your beliefs and point of view, you put someone down, literally just fucking trash them verbally, Yeah, <laughs> you know, is, is, I don't care what we're talking about here, religion or any subject. If you disagree with me on the creation of the universe, you fucking stupid idiot. Mm. I mean, come yeah, on. What, where, where is that going? Yeah. How is that helping humanity? No. In any, uh, anyway, I, I'll shut no, up. Dave now, and but, I yeah. both received letters from our father and our mother, uh, which were very acidic, very damning, very judgmental, very, uh, you know, this concept again coming up of, you're ruining our eternal family. We're not going to be together as a family. You're, you're being deceived. Um, you know, how, how would you, you've known better, you're better than this, or you have been better. What happened to the real you, you know, all these kinds of questions, um, and accusations and, and, uh, a religion that would put you in a state of mind 
where you would even treat your child that way, where you would even ask them or accuse them that way, regardless of your personality, you know, as, as an individual, uh, and call it love, call it love, call it or love concern. in the name of God, yeah, in the name of yeah. concern for your kid's salvation or whatever quote you want to put around that. What damaging, you know, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, this, and, and a lot of our listeners are probably nodding their heads. Yep. Yep. My mom or dad or both have done that to me or a sibling or whoever, friend, etc. Uh, how do we deal with it? That's kind of like the last piece of the episode. Uh, I think Dave and I, I, I think I can speak for you, Dave. Uh, well, I know I can speak for you in the fact that we're not, you know, trained psychologists or counselors. Um, we're thinking people, heaven forbid. We have a lot of questions. We do a lot of research. We think about things deeply, which I understand is a a minority of the world, potentially. <laughs> if you're listening, you're probably one of those thinkers. Um, but, uh, you know, how do we deal with it? I don't think there's a golden answer. I think having no. a, a, a love of yourself is a huge start. Uh, don't doubt your doubts or doubt yourself. Uh, going back to Beloved Uchtdorf, um, you know, it, trust your doubts. Now, your doubts may not always be true. If you're doubting the church, good for you, because <laughs> it's a complete fraud. Um, but don't doubt, you know, love yourself. Love your willingness to think and your willingness to question. Accept yourself is a, a great start, because as others don't accept you or judge you, you'll have that to fall back on. Look, I love myself. I trust myself. I'm not always right. I'm going to experience some things where I made a wrong decision, whatever. Leaving the church is the right decision, will bring you further light and understanding, ironically, <laughs> uh, per the church's doctrine, uh, and, and real happiness opportunity in your life. Um, and so I guess start there with, with trusting and loving yourself in this decision that you've made. To dare to question, you have to, you know, you have to love yourself. Yeah. There's no way, and then that love will create a, a peace in your life, and that peace extends out and embraces, if you will, all those others in your life, in the past, present, and in the future, and allows you to allow them to be on their own path. Mm. And it's, it's not just words. You really mean it. You feel it. Look, they're still active Mormon. I was yeah, for a long time. Yeah. What? I, and, and so once again, I, the, I do not hate Mormons. <laughs> no. I hope that's clear, yeah. but I do hate the organization. Yeah. Uh, I really think it's needs to come to an end, but people are people. I love people. So I'm, is that passive aggressive? I don't, nah, I don't, I don't know. I so. just, I you not know, really, I just uh, want, uh, you know, if, if we could have some open dialogue and that's possible hmm. with some people who are uh, still active, but I see very little of that. I see mostly a childish attempt to convince you how wrong you are and how right they are, which is yeah. just, so futile. Yeah, it is. I would never spend a minute 
trying to convince an active member that he should leave the church. Mm-mm. That's their path. And and you may be on it, those of you listening. You may be somewhere or have already completed that part of your, your journey. And uh, it's liberating. The liberation to allow, to allow life to express itself. Mm-hmm. There's this irony that comes about, Dave and I have talked about in the past, you know, when you're a member of the church, active believing, part of your role is missionary work, right? Telling, bearing your testimony to other people, you know, telling them how wonderful the church is, how true it is, etc. trying to get them to join this whole missionary aspect. It's ironic that when you leave, uh, you know, part of what you may feel, I know I've felt this, is the same thing kind of in reverse, right? Of, I want to share the questions that made me start thinking. I want to share the the problems that I have found in the church uh, to those, especially family, close friends, etc., who may still be active, just to get them to start thinking about it, you know? And I, I have a huge desire to do that. I sat down with our mom and tried to do that once. Uh, it was an epic failure. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's one of the issues we kind of need to suppress. It's really hard for me to suppress it because I, mm-hmm. as much as I wanted people to join the church when I was in the church, believing, et cetera, I want twice that amount now that I've left to help people understand that it's a fraud and that it's wasting their life. It's wasting their, their money, their time. It's causing undue suffering. Um, and I can't make the world see all I can do is things like this podcast to help others who are questioning or try to give some perspectives. You know, I can throw out little things, uh, every now and then there's been articles, for example, about some problematic things that have come to the media, like the grooming of kids and the sex abuse that's happening. And occasionally I'll throw a little thing out on a social media, like Facebook or something that a lot of friends and family are connected to and, and not say anything about it. Usually just kind of post it out there and just say, Hmm, this is a concern or whatever. Uh, and maybe it'll start to help people think, you know, but that's where, when we say, how do we deal with this? Loving yourself, still loving your family, you know, your friends, your, your siblings, et cetera, the people that you, that you may still have contact with and, and just trying to remember, Hey, you were there, right? Uh, like Dave said, so no judgment, um, and just temper, that desire, I guess, look for openings when you can throw something. Well, have you ever thought about this? But don't push it is another thing, right? Um, if you're if you're caught in a spousal situation, again, I was lucky enough where my spouse questioned and she eventually left as well. That doesn't happen all the time, guys. I mean, I'm sure there's listeners who are listening right now that they're divorced or they're separated or there's a huge rift and it looks like that might happen in the future. And, uh, how do you deal with that, man? You just, you have to, you have to move on. That sounds really cheesy, but for instance, for me, I, 
I would like to, it would have to maybe be my own personal podcast, but go into detail of my journey in uh, exploring truth and the various stages at which I allowed myself to look at new information. And, and my journey has, has included being parts of various groups. One was called World Peace Gardens. The other, some of you may know, The Course in Miracles, uh, The Centers for Spiritual Living, Drum Circles, Curtons, uh, on and on and on. And it wasn't that much different than being with any other group in, in terms of there are individual people there with individual ideas and they're on their own path. Mm -hmm. And so currently I attend nothing because I hate people, right? Yeah, that's it. No, No, because, uh, unfortunately, uh, this, this is kind of an aside, but unfortunately so many of those tend to turn into almost a religion and that that's just our nature and i am done with that whether it's mormonism or any other group ism and and now isms yeah there's all these rules and there's that and it's like no 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 why why did you take something beautiful and fuck it up like that because that's what we do that's what we do yeah you know as far as as far as the marriage thing you've got two different examples with your podcast hosts you know dave's wife would never have dreamed to think for herself or question anything ever that's just her personality it's not a judgment or or some kind of criticism my wife is a is a big self-thinker and and uh you know, but very stubborn. And so I'm not going to leave, you know, at first, but I'm thinking. And then when she caught onto something that made her question, she took it and ran because that's her personality. Um, again, uh, if you're in one of those relationships, so I guess the, the first point I would make is, and Dave, you talked about this earlier. If you're lucky enough to have a spouse that questions as well, very, very, I don't, think that ever very is it ever at the same time i doubt it uh my wife uh it was it was a bit later you know so i guess my first thought would be hang on you know show your spouse that this questioning of the church etc doesn't affect your love for them because it shouldn't if it's a real relationship right i mean if it's if it's not based on the church So, so that you'll discover, I think pretty early, whether your relationship is based on the church. Like, is that the only reason you guys are together? Um, If, if it kind of is, that'll kind of come out and, oh dear, you know, I mean, and I'm not telling you what to do with that, but probably not going to be super successful. Um, If on the other hand, even if you remain. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. That's a problem. That's that's a a real real problem problem in a relationship. On the other hand, if you feel like you've got something deeper in your relation, hey, we're friends. We have we have X, Y, Z in common. You know, we like this or that. We we love talking to each other, etc. Then I think there's hope. I I really do. And it's just a matter of time, usually. Um, And and, you know, sharing tidbits when you can. Nobody knows your spouse better than you. Right. So you just kind of time that and hey, hey, have you ever thought about this this way? 
you know, and okay, you know, don't push it. Um, there's entire podcast episode there. And again, we're not counselors. I'm not a marriage counselor. All I know is communication is key. Openly communicating, not pushing uh, your views, etc. Um, and give it time. If it's worth it to you to keep that relationship, then, and that goes for everything, a sibling, a friend, you know, give it time, give it your real self. Hey, I'm your real friend, right? As opposed to our friendship is based on this belief. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts, Dave? And sometimes, well, sometimes the best thing you can do for you and this person that you're in relationship or persons that you're in relationship with is to go your separate ways. Mm. That could be your greatest expression of love is to allow them to experience life and they're going to do it their way and you're going to do it yours. A a lot of uh, problems we've already brought this up comes from the fact that church uh, pushes marriage at an early age, start pumping out those kids and hell, people don't even know who they are Yeah, at, at, at an age like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, again, the variables are so, so wide, but stay, stay on the path, be true to yourself. Mm. Uh, and if you, if you don't know who you are, which is a large, number of humanity uh i'm going to change the subject i guess go go inward what does that mean try some meditation Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be any particular form uh it just simply give yourself time to be retrospective introspective um and allow yourself to think Mm, yeah Without, without outside, Here, here's a quote. I'll, I'll finish with this from my friend, Albert Einstein. Yeah, we used to hang out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I never have told you my real age. I knew I? you were old, but. Uh, he says, a foolish faith in authority is the worst enemy of truth. Mm. So trust yourself. Yes, yes. And your what else is your life okay ask questions I love you guys. yes ask questions <laughs> and entertain a bunch of answers and think about them and consider, consider them, them yeah. you know and and weigh them and 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 decide how does that weigh in your life you know and how does that weigh in your relationships and um again love you guys as well thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you again next week